Welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for intel, forecasts, and strategies. Hello, I'm Michael Bull. Thank you for being with us. Well, this segment is brought to you by Commercial Agent Success Strategies. Check it out. If you're a commercial real estate agent or you want to be a great one, check out commercialagentsuccess.com. Well, today our show is about sustainability. We're calling the show Sustainability for Profit. And you know, sustainability and wellness are huge subjects to me. Not only do we want to save money, but when we get into the wellness aspects, uh, the productivity, uh, the recruiting, the retention, there's amazing savings and amazing benefits for you as a landlord, as a tenant, uh, as a corporate user, uh, just incredible benefits. And when I, and I sell office buildings every day and I go in office buildings a lot. And I can tell you, there's a lot of opportunity for all of us on all sides of, of the tables here to save money and benefit everyone. Please welcome my guest. It's Rex Hamry. He's Southeast Sustainability Director with JLL. He's here in Studio One. Rex, thanks for being with us. Thank you for having me, Michael. Well, Rex, if you could start us there. I mean, uh, when you are called into action and, uh, and when you're talking to these corporate users and these tenants, uh, where, where does sustainability come up? Where does wellness come up? Are they, do they have certain missions when they're talking to you? Or is it kind of a, a check in the box that they, they know they have to talk to you? <laughs> well, you know, you kind of get all kinds, yeah. and it's really interesting. Sometimes we have a client that might be a major occupier, and they say, look, we just know we need to be in a sustainable facility, so let's make sure we're checking that box. A lot of major Fortune 500 companies, when they're looking for space, will, for example, say, we only will go into a LEED certified building. But then, you know, also we have a lot of great clients who are really wanting to be on the cutting edge of sustainability, and you mentioned wellness as well. So where they, they say they want to be in the most sustainable, most efficient property possible, and they want to have a workplace that really benefits the people and their employees and really kind of shows all of their stakeholders that they um, you know, care about sustainability, the environment, and the people that work for them. What about when it comes time for them to pay for it? I mean, uh, what, what are those discussions like? Well, that's my favorite question because, yeah. you know, I like it when there's a chief financial officer or a corporate director of real estate where they're saying, well, wait, you know, we've got to figure out why is this valuable? We only want to do things that are return oriented. And that's actually one of my favorite questions because that's where we get to talk about how a lot of our sustainability initiatives, the most impactful from the environment or the most impactful from a wellness perspective, also have the best returns. So as we look at designing a new facility that's going to be 20% more efficient than standard, we're able to show that you know, if we look at a simple payback of five years or less, or we look at how you know, any of those investments directly impact your operating expenses and then increase the value upon sale of the asset. So that's such an, an, an exciting aspect of sustainability that we can both do well and do good, that we can you know, improve the environment, improve the places for people, but also that it really can pay for itself when it's looked at holistically and strategically. Yeah, so you have the benefit both from operations, more uh, NOI and more cash flow each, each month and each year, but also if your, your value has uh, based on a cap rate or a return on that NOI, uh, you certainly increase your value there by, even by reducing expenses you know, in, a, in a very small amount, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And what, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, you know, and so that's one of the things that I really like to get into the conversation. Mm -hmm. if, it's, if it's an investor where we say, 
you know, let's actually step away from just, oh, I only want to look at projects that have a three-year payback or something like that. And, and you can start to open up that conversation of, you know, well, maybe there's an investment that if we look at it from a simple payback perspective, it's seven or eight or, or even 10 years. But, you know, if we invest in, say, a renewable energy project on site, you know, it puts you into a different, you know, fair class for your, for your utilities and there's, we have an expected increase of utility costs over the next 20 years. And also then you have a visual um, investment that you've shown in the sustainability of your asset that can have all of these other financial benefits, not just purely, hey, you know, we wanna do just the lighting and a few tweaks to the building for the quickest payback possible. So opening up that conversation is a, is a place that I really like to go. Yeah, and let's talk about some of the you know, examples that uh, can help our listeners think about ideas for sustainability and, and, and profiting from it, right? Um, it, we're at this building here. It's a great building. There's these expansive parking lots out here, and there's a lot of corporate campuses, right, that have a lot of property and a lot of surface parking. Uh, what's an idea they can do there? Well, you know, one of my favorite things when I see a lot of surface parking is I think that's a great place for solar canopies. And so you basically get two benefits. You have covered parking. And when, you know, you're in a hotter environment, like here in Atlanta, having covered parking in the summer is really nice. And also you're taking advantage of all of this real estate for renewable energy production, for solar electricity. So you have on-site production as well as the benefit of basically more valuable parking than you otherwise would. Yeah. And, and how long a return might that be? Is that more like a 10-year return or something there? I mean, that, uh, that seems like it would be expensive, and I don't see it a lot. But, gee, would that be awesome, you know, as a tenant rep to go into to a parking lot and see that? And, and the tenants got, would have to love it. Well, that's a great question, yeah. and you're absolutely right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when you have to build the structure for the solar instead of just putting it on the roof, that's going to be a little bit more expensive up front. Mm -hmm. And so the first thing is, actually looking at some of that value creation from the parking, you know, is it free parking or is it something that you're able to charge for and will it become more attractive and working that into the financial analysis. But then to answer your question, yes, those are often, you know, in a lot of markets, a 10 year you know, return on investment. And that really depends, of course, though, you need to look at maybe the utilities have tariff programs where they're actually paying you an elevated rate for solar produced on site versus what you're paying for your actual usage. So in some regions and, and in some utility markets, that payback can actually be quite a bit faster. Yeah, and one of the things we've heard of, Rex, uh, are net zero buildings, right? Where I guess you're producing all your own utilities for in, in, in your property. Is that really feasible and is it really happening? So yes, in a lot of cases yeah. it is feasible and yes, it is happening. It, mm -hmm. It would be fair to say that there's a lot of example projects of net zero around the country and around the world. A lot of them are what we might think of as smaller projects. You know, there's not a ton of 500,000 square foot commercial office buildings that are operating and certified net zero. So just to explain though, that's, I think it's an important, so it's a simple term of net zero and but it's an, it's a Coca-Cola drink, right? Right, right, exactly. <laughs> so so it's it's on an annual basis yeah. though. So it's about, you know, you're producing as much energy on site as you are using on an annual basis. So you're still connected to the grid, you know, if it's cloudy out mm -hmm. and not windy, if you have wind power on site, it's not that your building has to shut down completely. You're yeah. still grid connected, but from a net perspective on an annual basis, you're producing more energy than you use mm -hmm. um, in your building yearly. 
Yeah, and so uh, you told me that there's a, a building underway now at Georgia Tech that's net zero or going to be? Yeah, that's the plan. So um, the Candida Living Building mm -hmm. at Georgia Tech, that's a really exciting project for the Southeast. And mm -hmm. just to, to qualify, so that's not a project that I'm working on, mm -hmm. but have a lot of good friends in the sustainability industry who are working mm -hmm. on it. And it's really showing kind of what's possible in the Southeastern United States, a relatively hot, humid climate to produce all of the energy on site, to treat all of the, the, the uh, black water, the sewer water on, with, through on-site means. It's really about a living building is the cutting edge. It's about using um, real estate to show how to make, you know, instead of making less of an impact, really make you know, no impact or turn, um, turn your facilities positive. So is that something that can happen at, you know, a thousand different sites over the next few years? Not necessarily, but we can learn a lot about what's possible and implement a lot of those findings into other projects in, um, you know, in certain applications. Well, it'd be nice to see. And water is something that is becoming more scarce uh, in a lot of places around the country and, and certainly getting more expensive. What are some ideas there? Well, you know, I'm, I'm glad you brought up water savings and water efficiency because we spend a lot of time talking about energy efficiency. In a lot of ways, this has become quite mainstream of talking about, you know, well, let's take a hard look at our operating expenses. And traditionally, that was very focused on our energy use, electricity and, and gas and, and things like that. But water efficiency, and particularly in certain markets in the United States, has really become more and more important and also more and more profitable. So municipal water costs have increased um, quite a bit over the last 20 years. And we've seen where those returns and the financial analysis of significant sustainability investments in water savings have really started to pay for themselves. So just to use an example, an exciting project that we worked on, the Interface headquarters here in Atlanta, that has a 15,000 gallon uh, cistern in, in the basement. And that's designed to offset nearly 90% of their annual water use. Basement. So, so they've got a really leaky basement, I guess. Right, exactly. <laughs> they, they, it all just leaks through and it's, it's oriented to there. Yeah. And so, you know, that um, really undersells the amount of engineering and, and planning that went into that project. But, you know, it's about capturing the rainwater on site. Mm -hmm. It's about, cap, you know, condensate capture from HVAC filtering the water and then reusing it for things like, you know, toilet flushing, for things like, um, uh, you know, in the HVAC, evaporative cooling makeup for your cooling towers. Mm -hmm. And that's where a lot of the percentage of, of water use in commercial facilities comes from. And they can, you know, you can save tens of thousands, sometimes in larger facilities, hundreds of thousands of dollars have really great, you know, ROI. And that's something that we really encourage clients to look at and, and kind of fold that into their overall analysis around sustainability and efficiency investments. Yeah, I mean, that's a, a great example project. And, uh, you know, it, it's amazing the attraction of, of people doing business with Interface and working with Interface. My daughter just recently got out of college, and when she was in college and looking for companies, it was real important to her that, to work with a company that was understanding sustainability and it was taking care of Mother Earth, and she really wanted to, and she did work there uh, while she was in college some. So how many of your, your clients that you, on the corporate side, really get that, that understand the benefits to them in, in, their, in their recruiting and in their retention and, and productivity of their people? You know, 
I would say that the vast majority of our clients, and at JLL, as a commercial real estate services firm, one of the largest, we have a lot of very large clients, Fortune 500, Fortune 100 type of clients. And the vast majority of them understand that the environment and sustainability and employee well-being are really important and kind of directly affect their bottom line on a variety of, in a variety of ways. And so that's something that our direct work of actually kind of being the boots on the ground, identifying and helping implement those sustainability initiatives, we've, we find that to be quite interesting to a lot of the clients. Yeah, and one of the things that uh, I think are going to be really huge moving down the road is, is wellness. And I want to get your opinion on wellness and, and cover it with some ideas for landlords and for tenants and for service providers. We're going to take a short break, so stay with us. We'll be right back, and we'll talk about what I think is going to be one of the most important things in commercial real estate moving forward, wellness. Stay with us. I'm Michael Bull. This is America's Commercial Real Estate Show. Are you looking to buy, sell, or lease commercial real estate? You're invited to contact Bull Realty for customized asset and occupancy solutions. Call 404-876-1640 or visit bullrealty.com. Welcome back to America's Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. This segment is brought to you by Bull Realty for custom asset and occupancy solutions. Visit bullrealty.com. Today we're talking about sustainability. We're talking about wellness. My guest is Rex Hamry. He's Southeast Sustainability Director with JLL. And uh, Rex, we were talking before about sustainability. I want to ask you a little bit more about wellness. And uh, I'll, I'll start off by telling you that, that we do fresh flowers and plants and things in our office here. And, and it was interesting. I, I came in one morning and I just didn't feel as comfortable in here. And I didn't really understand why. Later in the afternoon, the flowers were delivered. They were put out. You know, and then all of a sudden I felt better and I did not know why. And then, then it occurred to me, my surroundings, I have more nature around me, some, some beauty with the flowers. And, you know, to me, I'm like, flowers? I don't care about flowers. Are some people benefiting from some of the sustainability factors around them and maybe not even realizing it? Yeah, that's absolutely true. Actually, wellness, which is really one of the most exciting new trends in sustainability and in you know commercial real estate in the built environment, a lot of those benefits might be seen as somewhat indirect to the individual. So, you know, the quality of the lighting in the space, and that's something where you might, you know, spend an eight or ten hour day working under those kind of old fashioned fluorescent lights that we all used to deal with versus when you're in a space that has a lot of natural light, nice big open windows, sunlight coming in, you feel better at the end of the day. You actually might um, you know, have an easier time going to sleep at night because you haven't kind of upset your circadian rhythm of what time is it when I, you know, at, at nighttime I need to go to sleep and during the day I need to be awake and working. Mm -hmm. And so you see a lot of those, those benefits and they've been measured in peer-reviewed studies but it sometimes is hard to know for sure as the individual is like, oh, that's something that's that's really you know affected me directly. Yeah, and we're in our office buildings a lot, and so obviously it's going to affect our productivity. Uh, but you also have an example uh, that's a, of wellness 
factors that involves a hospital, right? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the interesting studies that we use at, as an example, especially when we're encouraging, for example, like the smart design of more access to views, more access to natural light, is there were, there were three hospital rooms in the study. So one which didn't have any windows, one which had a television screen with an artificial view to the outside in nature, and one with an actual window where you looked out on green space. And it was on a spectrum of recovery, and the people who were in the, the room that had the artificial view still recovered faster than those without any, any window at all. But then the people who recovered most quickly were those that had a real window to the natural environment. We have an affinity towards being outside and being in nature as people. And like you said, you know, we spend more than 90% of our time inside. And we kind of have this natural engagement with the outside, with outside, with nature. And so how we can kind of bring that in to our you know, commercial offices and the places that we spend a lot of time, that's a real focus of our work. Yeah, and now there's a wellness certification uh, that you can get. And, and what are some of the uh, items in a wellness certification? It's really, that's what is the light? It's the air we breathe? Tell us about that. Yeah, that's a great question. So, yeah. you know, there's, there's a lot of certifications out there. And maybe a lot of your listeners sometimes can get frustrated with, oh, there's another certification that I need to pay for. But, you know, like LEED certification that, that most people have, have heard of, that's a big part of the work that we do is helping clients achieve LEED certification. So leadership in energy and environmental design, that's what LEED stands for. So as we transition to wellness being a real focus of, of the work we do, the first and, and arguably the most popular is the WELL building standard. Mm -hmm. And that isn't an acronym, it's just WELL for wellness. Mm -hmm. And that's really um, you know, taken a lot of that peer-reviewed research and, and implemented it in a way that works in you know, lots of different commercial properties. And then it's also worth mentioning there's a program developed by the Centers for Disease Control and the GSA called FitWell. And the exciting thing about FitWell is it's built to be very applicable across a lot of different uh, uh, you know, property types, a lot of different types of buildings. As you might imagine, the, the GSA has all different kinds of buildings that they have to own and manage. And it's uh, meant to be quite cost effective. So particularly, for example, for portfolios where you might want to say, I've got 100 buildings and there are a lot of different types, a lot of different vintages. You can do, you can assess and then implement a FitWell certification program. And that implements a lot of those. Okay, what can we do to improve access to natural light? What can we do to improve our HVAC systems for better filtration? What can we do to improve you know, food selection decisions on site or their access to, to fitness classes um, that might be on site or nearby? You know, all of those things, basically creating a framework for us to improve the wellness of our built environment. Yeah, it's, it's a great subject and I, I'd like to see more of our corporate users and our landlords involved and, and one of the things that's part of, of the wellness certification are like plants right around us that, that give us, provide us more oxygen and it brings us back really to more nature, right? Uh, how do you handle that if you're talking to a CFO and there may be someone that's real numbers oriented and you say, look, I think we should have a plant wall <laughs> here. Uh, and they'd say, well, well, where's my return on that? <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. You know, so a lot of the time we're working for corporate real estate or the, you know, for occupiers or for investors that are focused on, on the real estate. And so the first thing we do is we, we might often in that meeting talking about sustainability and financial investments, we may see the corporate real estate director and the CFO, like you talked about. Mm -hmm. And when you open up wellness, 
one of the first things that I do is I say, okay, when we have this discussion, it'd be really great if your HR director could actually come with and attend the meeting. And so first of all, that's kind of like breaking down those walls yeah. of let's make corporate real estate kind of like a real strategic value proposition for the goals of the HR team. Right. And, and because a lot of those values and a lot of that financial return of wellness is actually kind of housed in the costs that HR overhead, the people costs of a business. And so they become somewhat indirect in the sense that, well, that's not going back to the direct real estate budgets that we have to manage. But when you look at, say, if you have the op average operating cost of $3 per square foot and the average real estate cost of $30 a square foot, but then the average um, people costs of $300 a square foot, you know, a 1% savings over in the overhead can have, can totally cover all of those operating expense savings that we're, that we're realizing from some of our traditional sustainability investments. So that's a lot of the part of that kind of introductory conversation of, you know, let's bring the people to the table who are really going to value this specifically and kind of make it a holistic analysis of how we're going to achieve, you know, kind of direct profits as well as indirect profits from these sustainability initiatives. And that's awesome. And getting HR involved because real estate is about the people. It's a place for people, right? And if we can increase the, create the, increase the productivity, like you said, maybe 1% or 3%, that could be huge for a company. And then you think about the cost of, of turnover. I mean, that's a huge cost for companies. And if you can have people healthier, more productive, uh, you're going to have less turnover, right? Yeah, that's absolutely true. So, you know, attraction and retention of talent is a real focus for a lot of big companies. And I, I think probably small companies as well. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it costs a lot of money to attract a new employee to a company. And so being able to keep them is in particular very valuable. And so when we talk about, you know, having a place, a workplace where someone wants to go, where they feel like they're valued, where they feel like what they're doing matters and where they feel like they're kind of being treated well, that is something that is really valuable for a lot of large companies. And so when we, we basically try to take those ideas and turn them into actionable strategies around the workplace and around the built environment. So, you know, if you have some of the obvious ones, if you have a much better fitness center in your building versus your competitive set, that's going to be something that really matters to the people in the space. You know, gosh, you know, if I didn't work here, I'd have to spend another $100 a month to go to this gym, but this is something it, there's kind of both a direct and indirect value to those employees. Yeah. All the way down to we talked about some of those things that you might not even exactly be able to identify, but when you get done at the end of, a, of the day at a facility, at a building that really kind of encourages your wellness, has the natural environment, has brought nature into the space, has higher quality lighting and cleaner air, then you kind of have that indirect benefit at the end of the year. You say, you know, I just kind of feel good about everything I'm doing, so why would I leave? Yeah. And how many corporate users of space out there uh, do you think that, that don't, under, don't understand? I mean, it seems like most of them do. But when it comes to the wellness, and you, and you come to them and say, well, you know, here's the wellness. If you want the wellness certification, we've got to do this, this, and this, and it's going to cost this. What, what kind of, do you get any kickback? Do you get, what do they say to you? I mean, well, that is a great question. I spend a lot of my career getting kickback, at least initially, from yeah. clients or potential clients. 
you know, maybe they've hired us to manage the overall development of their new commercial office building or their new world headquarters. That's something that um, we as in, in JLL Project and Development Services, that's what we do, our bread and butter every day. And so I come in and introduce the idea around sustainability and employee health and wellness. Mm -hmm. It's very normal to have an initial reaction of, are you just trying to sell me something else? Yeah. Or you know, why does this really matter? Yeah. And it's about setting up that explanation and that education around, you know, these are the direct, the direct financial values of implementing these type of initiatives. And then particularly with wellness, like we talked about, you know, who needs to have a seat at the table to talk about why that's valuable? And also, you know, for a lot of your listeners, this is something that is quite new. So if you've never heard of the well-building standard, or if something around, you know, even health and wellness in the workplace sounds quite new, that's okay. This is, you know, this is something that has become a fast-growing trend in the marketplace, but you know, is going to continue to evolve over the next several years. Yeah, and I and I appreciate you saying that. I think it's not okay. <laughs> I think if you're in commercial real estate, you're especially if you work anywhere with with users in in their space, and it's and it's ready to office space. I think it's huge and, and it's very, very important. And I think, you know, this is all about the people and the productivity and, and, and you've got to think about it. So what else should our listeners think about related to sustainability or wellness before you have to leave us and get back to, to helping folks? And, and by the way, if you're, you, you need services like Rex does at JLL, you work with anybody, make sure you deal with Rex and make sure you're probably, in my mind, the most important person because if you're a corporate user and you're building a headquarters, you really need it to be right for, for the people. And if you can incorporate the wellness, you can incorporate the sustainability that really attracts people who want to be there, they want to stay. You know, you, you, we all read the studies about employees and it, and, 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 and it almost surprises us as CEOs sometimes that you know, money's not the most important thing. It's really the environment and the people and the culture and how they feel. If, you know, we spend a lot of time working our offices so we need to, to to think about it more so help us what help my listeners understand the importance of all this and, and, and at the end of the day find the the return well you know that that covers a lot of different areas uh -huh. and you know as an example one of the things that's exciting to me mm -hmm. is when we get to get involved very early with our clients mm -hmm. like you said what it'd be exciting if us sustainability um, leaders got to be the first people at the table when we're talking about major real estate be. projects but you know getting involved even in the context of site selection yeah. for for projects mm -hmm. you know maybe not driving a client to a certain city, but in the context of here's the three sites that we've our, our real estate team has identified mm -hmm. that's valuable, and actually looking at it from the perspective of, okay, well, you know, how cost effective is it going to be to deliver a sustainable building on this site? You know, how much more walkable is one site than another? Mm -hmm. Looking at it all the way from the beginning perspective of, you know, what are the sustainability and wellness outcomes that are possible in a given location? Mm -hmm. That's something that, that gets really exciting. All the way down to then, when we talk about some of our, our cutting edge clients, looking at the context of, you know, what's the embodied carbon of our, of our real estate project? So, you know, we've talked a lot about energy efficiency, water efficiency, what's the kind of output of these facilities and how that's important to the environment. Now with our, our most cutting edge clients, we're actually looking at, you know, what's the embodied content 
of the environmental impact of the materials that actually make the building itself. Yeah. And that's something that, you know, so we get to looking at things even more holistically around the sustainability environmental footprint. Yeah, and you think about it, like, it's like when you get a new car, right? And people say, oh, I love that new car smell. Well, you're really smelling things that's not good for you, right? Yeah, that's true. Absolutely true. And that's a great, you know, the automobiles are a great example where, mm -hmm. you know, you have the, the embodied energy it takes. And so the carbon footprint of actually mm -hmm. producing that, that automobile to comparing to, well, it's lifetime on the road and how much energy it uses. And that's actually something where, you know, there's a lot of um, misinformation around, you know, electric cars, because they're so much more efficient of so much lower impact particularly if they have a, they're able to charge in a place where there's a renewable energy, they have a lower overall footprint than an average gasoline vehicle. Mm -hmm. So that's a, a good way to look at it. And, and thinking about buildings in the context of looking at both of those things, like what does it ta take us to produce this building? And you know, reusing buildings becomes much more valuable. You know, repurposing buildings because we don't have to bring in a bunch of new materials and so that it's already there and as well as then looking at the long-term life cycle of the building and trying to reduce that impact. Yeah, so Rex, what would you leave our audience with if they have an existing building, existing space, maybe two or three more easy button things to think about for, for either sustainability or wellness? Yeah, so if I had to pick three things, so the first would be, you know, if you're looking at upgrading your lighting mm -hmm. and maybe that's something that you're already looking at the energy efficiency because it's quite popular to have energy efficiency lighting improvement. You're going from fluorescence to LEDs. Also take a look at it from a health and wellness perspective. You know, what's the quality of the lighting? Is there color temperature you know, uh, improvements that we can make? The controllability of the lighting so people can maybe change the lighting levels to better suit their preferences. And you know, that kind of factoring that in, not just from an efficiency perspective, but also from a wellness perspective. The second one would probably be air quality. You know, really looking at, even as a tenant, when you're signing a new lease, or even if you're an existing tenant in a building, saying, you know, what filtration are you using on our, on our HVAC system? Can we upgrade that? Can we improve it? You know, maybe even doing air quality testing and identifying if there's any areas where you might find improvement. We see a lot of real benefits. A, there's a lot of research around improved air quality and B, that, you know, that's something that really has a beneficial impact to your space. Now, how do I test my air? Can I bring in my hound dog and have him sniff around? And let... Well, that's certainly a way to do it, for sure. You might identify some really interesting things in your space when you, have, um, you, know, when you bring something like that into the space. And, but you know, there's a couple of different ways. You, there are testing companies that come in with what looks like fancy equipment and, and do the testing. There's even things as simple as a company will ship you canisters and you open the canisters up for a certain amount of time mm -hmm. and they collect the air in, in that canister. You seal them up and ship them back and then they come back and let you know, you know, are there, you know, volatile organic compounds in the space? Are there any issues with the air quality? So it's a relatively painless, relatively simple process. And so if, you know, if I had to pick a third then, it, it would probably be something like, like you talked about of, you know, can we bring the natural elements into the space? Mm -hmm. You know, we talk a lot about sustainability in the core of, of efficiency and environmental impact reduction, but just sort of, you know, dipping your toe into what's kind of the wellness 
uh, benefits that we can we can work into our into our offices and our places. Yeah, oh, those those are great tips. And you know, uh, if you took a tour of our office here uh, in Atlanta, our corporate office here, there's a lot of plants, and we have a plant lady comes around, and I get to see the plant lady takes care of them. And I asked her today when she was here, because uh, she came in and took care of a, of a couple plants at my office. And I said, "Did you tell them a little story? Did you were you nice to them? You know." But it can really make a big difference. Final question on the air quality testing: it probably not that that hard to do, that expensive. What about improving the air quality? Is is that is, might that be an expensive thing to do for for a building with some age on it? You know, it, it, it can depend, and there can be some investments that, that are required. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the first thing is that just improving filtration, you know, at the air handler unit in the uh, central systems is often relatively simple and, you know, can be, can be really valuable. It has, that's actually an example where there's a give and take around extra filtration actually costs a little bit more energy because, you know, the fans have to push that air through you know higher performance filters mm -hmm. but there's a real benefit this is you know that focus on the indoor developmental quality for the people being the most valuable asset in that space and then you know and then expanding upon that then it's also about you know okay what's coming into our space because a lot of the time what we find is oh you know so the paint products might be we have a policy in our building about you know zero voc paints but when you're doing a small renovation, maybe that wasn't followed and the identifying of saying, okay, actually our procurement process might need to change a little bit because we need to be a little more careful about what's actually coming into our offices in order to make sure we maintain that high quality. So those two things, you know, a little bit of, you know, the focus on filtration improvement and then also looking at, you know, what, what is coming in that's kind of affecting some of those testing results. Okay. Uh, said final question, one quick one, maybe more fun. Plastic straws in your office? Y'all have plastic straws? We don't have plastic straws in our right. office. Yeah, and you know, a lot of our clients, uh, you know, reusable cups like you have. Mm -hmm. That's really no that's styrofoam really cups important. either. No styrofoam cups. That's a great question. Yeah. But you know, I actually want to expand on that to say, you know, the whether straws are kind of the key to our solution for sustainability. That's, you know, clearly they're, they're a valuable part of kind of starting that conversation of, you know, mm -hmm. how can we reduce waste, opening up the door of, you know, okay, so what is our embodied impact of all of these things that we're doing? And so I see that as kind of a valuable conversation starter. You know, does fixing the straw problem fix all of our issues? No, but, but it, it really kind of opens that door towards looking holistically around sustainability and wellness in our workplaces. Right, and we need to think about it, you know, and I don't know what the fascination with, with straws, I don't know, understand the fascination. Anyway, but Rex, great information, sir. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for having me, Michael. Well, stay tuned. We're going to have more. So stay with us. I'm Michael Bull. This is America's Commercial Real Estate Show. like to be the top producing commercial broker in your office? Check out Michael Bull's video training. Since you're a show listener, you receive 10% off your first purchase. At checkout, use discount code CREshow. Visit commercialagentsuccess.com. Welcome back to America's Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. This segment is brought to you by Commercial Agent Success Strategies. Check it out. It's really fantastic training for commercial real estate brokers. Learn more at commercialagentsuccess.com.
www.sustainabilitycoachesdirectcoaching.com. Well, today we're talking about sustainability. We're talking about wellness. And, and in my previous segment with Rex Hamry, we talked about sustainability and we touched on some wellness. And it was almost a tease, I think, because I think wellness is really one of the most important factors in commercial real estate moving forward. So I want to touch base on that a little bit. Please welcome my next guest. It's Alexandra Bull, and she's on the sustainability team at JLL it's with uh, Rex Hamry, Cat West, and Alicia Case. And Alexandra is also my daughter, and she's joining us here in Studio One. Alexandra, thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Well, like I said, uh, I think the wellness factor and the wellness certification, the well-building standard is just going to grow significantly because everyone is concerned about recruiting, they're concerned about retention, uh, productivity, and kind of the health and wellness of the people that we work with. And I think it's so cool that you're, you're really involved in that uh, as a vocation. And tell us a little bit now, for to get the well-building standard, to get the certification, there are 10 concepts, right? Yeah. And the first concept is, is AIR. So what, what, are, what are maybe one of the two features of or, or requirements or optimizations in air that, that you find interesting? Yes, so that is a great one because the air quality in which the time, we spend a lot of time indoors. We spend about 90% of our waking day inside in our office or in our houses. And so air quality has a huge impact on your health and well-being. Um, and so it's a really important category. Um, one of the things that you can do for this category is have CO2, formaldehyde, particulate matter um, monitors in each regularly occupied space that will either blink or let you know when levels are too high for occupants and it can say, hey, you know, air quality is not too great right here, so let's get some filtration, let's have some people leave the room. Go outside. Yeah. Danger, danger, Will Robinson. You won't know that show. <laughs> <laughs> Some of my uh, uh, viewers will remember that show, Lost in Space. So that, 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 that does sound important. Uh, and then another one of the concepts is uh, water. So one of, the, one of the, so there's several, you know, requirements in optimization and really options in each of these concepts. So mm -hmm. what, what do you find interesting about the water? one? Well, we don't drink enough water. Um, just in general, we need a lot of water to survive, and so one of the main things about <laughs> not coffee, one of the main um, things about well is you know keeping your occupants healthy and happy, and so basically making water consumption easy and healthy is a huge part of well, um, and making sure that there's an active drinking station, whether that be a water fountain to fill up your water bottle or just a water fountain, and um, it has to be within 100 feet of all um, working stations, which just makes it easy for people to not think twice about getting a water instead of a coffee. Right, right. Make it easy for them. Right. All right. And one of the other concepts is uh, nourishment. And I think a lot of people in office buildings might not think of nourishment as a big deal, but certainly with wellness it is. And what do you find interesting about that one? Yeah, so this is a really big one. Um, basically, like the research has found that when you provide healthy food and healthy drinks, your employees will drink healthy drinks <laughs> and eat the healthy food if that's what you're providing. Yeah. And so Well has a lot of very stringent um, regulations for what you do provide. Um, a lot of refined ingredients aren't um, acceptable, and so there's no, you can't have any refined sugars. There's, we're promoting whole wheat. 
Um, the, the cup sizes are regulated, the plate sizes are regulated just to make sure that people have healthy portion size too, which is, which is a really big thing here, especially in this country. I feel like a lot of times portion control is a big issue. So yeah. there's yeah. a lot of things to do to regulate that. I agree. I went to a restaurant the other night and my portion was way too small. But that's not <laughs> what you mean, is it? Not exactly. <laughs> yeah, so if you have fruits and you have vegetables out uh, and you make it mm -hmm. easy for people, uh, they're gonna, they're, if you get them to them free and it's there, they're, they're probably going to eat it and drink it. That's a good point. Yes. And what about light? And I think a lot of people think about uh, light in their space, uh, you know, from these harsh fluorescent lights, but you also have, I guess, light coming in or not from outside too. Mm -hmm. What do you find interesting on the light uh, concept? Well, so circadian lighting, which is basically just the 24 natural cycle of the light around the earth. And um, so basically what Well tries to do is bring outside light inside and make sure that the circadian lighting is really important to our human health because it impacts our, um, our sleep cycle and a lot of other things. And so we wanna make sure that that's brought inside and that there's a good amount of lighting when there's a good amount of lighting outside as well. Yeah, yeah. so that means I guess changing out some of these harsh fluorescent lights Yes. With more appropriate lights. Yes, that's very, very true. Okay. Also, some good tips for that would be including skylights if you can, and just any kind of natural lighting you can um, really has a big impact. Okay, and we're talking about the 10 concepts of the uh, well building standard to get the certification with Alexander Bull. And another one is uh, movement. So what's interesting about movement in the... Well, so people don't exercise enough. So with the well building standard, we get to kind of invest in that and make sure that people can move without thinking about it. They don't have to say, oh, how can I be more active today? They, a lot of the buildings that are pursuing this standard have an active staircase design. So it's central and beautiful staircase in the middle of their building, um, which promotes people to walk up the stairs because, you know, in a lot of office buildings, you have to go into a small hallway and then it's really, really hot and you don't know if you have to key card in and out so you're a little concerned while you're in there. This is, takes all of that out. You know, the staircase is right there. You don't have to think twice, where can I find the stairs? And it's just a beautiful open layout. That's a really big feature that, that customers really like. Um, and also another feature that's really cool about that one is um, active furnishings. So. You know, if you see a CEO like on their treadmill desk or like on a bicycle desk, that's always super cool because that's one of the optimization features and just providing, I think, you know, 3% of building occupants with that option to have that standing or all occupants need to have standing or sitting desks at, for the optimization, but the bicycle desks and the treadmill desks, I mean, it's just a cool feature. Yeah, yeah, it is. And I lo love the idea of the of the stairwells being, you know, kind of well lit, feel safe, feel comfortable in them mm -hmm. because like in the building I'm in, I'm a class A building, it's nice, but you go to the stairs and they're okay, but yeah, but you don't think of them first, right? right so right. good point. And then one of the concepts is thermal comfort. Uh, so tell us about that, what's interesting about that one. Yeah, so thermal discomfort can really decrease productivity. When people aren't comfortable, they, they don't work as well and there's probably more absenteeism because of it too. Um, just because people don't want to come to work and you know be uncomfortable. One of the optimizations is that with the thermal design optimization is to include individual thermal comfort control, not space heaters, but 
providing fans or seats that can cool or heat. Wow. It's a big one, and that can really help if you have individuals that aren't satisfied with the normal building comfort level. Yeah. Well, it makes sense if they're comfortable, they're going to be more productive. And then another one of the 10 concepts is sound. And, you know, that's an interesting one because, you know, a lot of open concepts today, and, and there's a lot of people kind of concerned, I think, with, with how you deal with sound in, in an office space today. Right. So sound is a really you know, a really important thing in an office space, definitely. You're right. Um, a lot of times, access sound from HVAC systems or just other occupants, different equipment, can really hinder focus and also decrease memory. It can also hinder arithmetic. Um, so we don't want any of these things to happen, obviously. And um, so a big thing for the well-building standard is sound mapping and making sure that um, each space is appropriately, um, everything's taken into account for sound. And also, I would recommend probably doing having a sound consultant for that. Um, if it's really important to you, um, it's a good way to get things done. Okay. Yeah. And then one of the other concepts is uh, materials. And, you know, it's interesting if people think, oh, I got that new car smell in my car, and oh, isn't that cool? Well, it's probably really not, right? These materials yeah. are putting out things that, aren't really healthy for us. So mm -hmm. how does that work within the, the well uh, building standard? Yes, yeah, so for the materials concept, um, a big thing is the cleaning products because a lot of cleaning products that we use on our daily lives are really horrible to breathe in. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of different precautions that you can take through this optimization. And um, using clean products with a green seal or EPA safer choices is really important um, just to make sure there's no you know added chemicals mm -hmm. to make things smell better that also has a lot of like VOCs and stuff like that yeah I mean you see that you can kind of go into some spaces and they've just cleaned the, the space and you go wow it's got a, a neat smell it's just been cleaned but that might not be good for us right definitely yeah and some of the problems or some of the great things about the well building standard is that you have to provide a very detailed operation schedule mm -hmm which just identify all the high-touch services, like an elevator button, for example, mm -hmm. and how many times that's cleaned and with what product to make sure, and the assessor will just will come in and make sure that all, all of this is done correctly um, because you know we don't want disease spreading through yeah. the building. Yeah, I, I like that. That's one of the things I'm concerned. I like to have everything that we touch in our office clean a lot. I mean, just, just a... I don't know, I'm a germaphobe, but I like it. <laughs> well, then well, you should get some well-building standards here. I, I'm, do, I'm doing it. So, And then one of the concepts is mind. So yes. what's interesting about the mind concept? Well, so the mind concept, I think, is one of the coolest things that's changed from version two, from, from, from version one to version two. Um, the mind concept has a lot to do with access to nature. Um, having outdoor space is really important for your mental health, just to have access to walk outside and get a breath of fresh air. Also, a lot of plants, that, that'll also get you some points, which is awesome because when you have visual access to any kind of nature, your mind automatically becomes calmer. Um, through the biophilia concept, I don't know if you're familiar with this, but... Um, I am because uh, you're my daughter. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the biophilia concept just really pr has provides scientific backing behind um, access to nature and the way that that 
affects your health and well-being. And um, taking a walk in the forest or having biophilic elements in your office just can really make you take a breath of fresh air. Yeah, I love it. I mean, yeah. in our office, we have a lot of uh, green views out the windows, mm -hmm. and uh, we have a lot of plants and flowers in the office. And you really get a feel that it, it, you just feel more comfortable. And uh, I guess it also helps the air, some of the plants do. So, and then the final 10th one, I guess, is community. And, and you know, I think as a real estate guy, I think, how is that a wellness concept for a building? Tell us about community. Yeah, so that's one of the new ones, right? Yes, it's one of the new concepts, which is a really cool concept to add, I think. Um, but one of the biggest parts of your mental health and well-being um, and just employee productivity is how you interact with people um, socially. And so a lot of the community factors are super cool and important. Um, some of the things that I think are really cool about it is um, you can have one of the optimization credits is to include 16 hours of paid time off to volunteer at a local charity, um, and that needs, and that meets one of the optimizations, which I think is really cool because it gets you out there with your community, gets you hands on, also helps you socialize with your coworkers, which is important because you're with them a lot of the day. Yeah. Um, and another one too that I think is cool is um, having flu vaccines inside the office. Mm. Um, at a subsidized cost, which makes people get them easier because they are they're right there and it's yeah. accessible and why not, you know? Yeah, well that's awesome. I, I love the the uh, well building standard. I love the well certification and uh, again I think it's going to be one of the biggest things in commercial real estate moving forward. Mm -hmm. So Alexander, thanks for joining us and uh, sharing with us. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, thank you for uh, joining us around the world, and I uh, appreciate you uh, listening or viewing uh, the show. Hey, do connect with us. Leave us your comments. Uh, please share the show and connect with us on your favorite social media. Until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh, and join us for America's Commercial Real Estate Show. America's Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty. For customized asset and occupancy solutions, visit bullrealty.com. Commercial Agent Success Strategies, incredible training for commercial agents. Visit commercialagentsuccess.com.